This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Psalm 34, verse 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Psalm 147, verse 3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages up their wounds. As I was in prayer this week, And I said to the Lord, what I often say to him, Lord, what do you want me to tell your people this morning? And what I'm going to share with you is what the Lord shared with me. See, I don't know all that's going on in your lives and your hearts. And so I'm limited in my ability to pinpoint exactly what needs to be said. That's why I tune into the one who knows exactly what's going on. Because he knows your heart. He knows your emotions. He understands your circumstances so much better than I do. And when I listen to his voice, then I believe that his word can specifically speak to each one of you in this place today. So I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. And so I want to invite his presence and ask for his help. Lord, I ask for your wisdom today. To minister your word in clarity and anointing. I pray that your word will be delivered uh, with power. And I pray that your word would minister healing to hearts all across this room. I thank you that you indeed are the healer of broken hearts. And we love you because you have first loved us. If you would turn with me, please, Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. It's quite amazing when you read the Old Testament after being familiar with the New Testament, as you read through the prophets, you'll find that in multiple areas, almost seemingly like it's not connected, but there will be a prophetic statement that was either directly quoted by Jesus or clearly applied to him. And the beginning portion of this chapter was a portion that Jesus read in a synagogue and after he finished reading, he ended up speaking to everyone present, and he said, today this has been fulfilled. And I want to share with you from Isaiah chapter 61, because this is the heart of God for you. At times, we can get so involved in a situation that is out of our control, and the only thing that we are aware of at the moment is how we feel. 
because your feelings are with you and your feelings speak to you. And sometimes your feelings speak so loudly that it's hard to hear what God is actually saying. And this morning, I just want to encourage you to tune your ear to hear what God is saying. It begins in verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And I'm going to pause there because Jesus paused it. Jesus was the revelation of the heart of the Father. He said, I don't speak of my own and I don't act on my own. Everything he spoke and everything he did he got from the Father. So when you see Jesus doing something, you can be 100% sure that that was the heart of the Father. In other words, if our Heavenly Father were doing something, He would be doing exactly what Jesus did. Because they're one. Jesus submitted Himself to the Father as the second person of the Trinity while still being God, 100% God. And amazingly, he came down to this earth by relating to us by being born of a woman, he became also 100% human. And in doing so, he knows what we go through. Jesus knows what a broken heart is because he had a heart that could be broken. And to everyone in this room, who you may have got up this morning, you got your hair all put in order, you brushed your teeth, you got your clothes on, you put your shoes on, and you came to sit in this place. But some of you, the way you look on the outside is completely opposite of how you feel on the inside. There can be what might be compared to a glass that is completely shattered. And there are broken pieces all over your heart. And you sit in a church on a Sunday morning. And you lift your hands, you lift your voice to worship God. And you say hi to somebody here and there. But inside your heart is aching. And you say, I wish that my heart could be healed. I've come to tell you some good news this morning. God knows that your heart is broken. Even though you may not have told the person sitting next to you. And he really cares about the fact that your heart is broken. And he wants to heal it. If you'll let him. If you'll let him. I don't know why the trend is, but sometimes as men, we have a hard time going to the doctors 
for some reason, I find it just to be the case. But usually the ladies are more quick to go to the doctor and kind of get things taken care of. And I don't know, we might think we've got it all under control and we just kind of roll through things until we hit a crisis. And we're like, okay, we've got to get that taken care of. But if we don't submit ourselves to the examination of a natural doctor, for example, and you don't allow what needs to be done to get done, you won't experience the proper result. You cannot avoid something and make it go away. You got to deal with it. And one of the things I'll speak as a man in general, we as men have to be careful that we don't try to avoid stuff and think that somehow by avoiding things, it'll just go away. But across the board for men and women now, oftentimes ladies can be overwhelmed sometimes by emotion and it becomes more evident maybe than us gentlemen. But God put emotions in all of us. And it's just sometimes not as evident as in others. Sometimes people can have broken hearts and they can appear as if everything is absolutely fine. But once you touch on an issue, I don't care how strong a man might think he is or how able he is to just kind of get over it. Unless a matter is dealt with, you don't just get over it. And that brokenness will affect how we interact with others. And what happens is sometimes the way we deal with things and try to get over things is we build a nice wall. And we say, if I can build this wall big enough and strong enough, my heart's never going to be broken again. And the way I'm going to deal with this is I can't fix my heart, but I can sure make sure it doesn't get broken again. And so we go in a shell. And we try to fix ourselves by isolating ourselves. And it's counterproductive. Because sometimes the very medicine that we need is our brother or our sister who are right next to us. But they can't get to us because the wall's too high and the wall's too thick. And I want to tell you this. God wants to heal your broken heart. But you've got to let him. You've got to listen to what he says. Because if you're going to live within your little compound, your healing will not fully come. You have to become vulnerable to allow the great physician to do what he needs to do. Now, it's very uncomfortable sometimes when you go to the doctor's office, especially when they need to deal with things that are private or things where you don't feel comfortable with them dealing with certain areas. That can be a very uncomfortable thing. And in the spiritual realm, there are areas where we just don't feel comfortable with things. Like, God, I don't want to. I'm not, I don't want you to even go into that area. But if we don't allow the great physician to get access to those areas, they will never be healed. And I just want to reiterate to you before I get into some of the other things is you have to have a willing heart to be healed. Broken hearts aren't just automatically by default healed over time. Statements have been said that time heals all wounds, but I will say that I don't agree with that because I have seen broken people 
for the brokenness happened many, many years prior, and time did not heal it. So I would propose to you time doesn't heal it, but God can. Time allows us to build the wall bigger. Time allows us to build the wall higher. And what that does is it allows us to have such a compound around us that we feel like we're not getting hurt anymore. But we've shut ourselves off from those around us. And we don't realize that the medicine we need for the healing, we're not allowing in. We've essentially put our heart on seed. And I believe that one of the ways that God wants to minister healing to your hearts is first and foremost by your opening up your heart to him and exposing that very sensitive subject and allowing the medicine of the Spirit of God to bring healing. Some of you in this place have been wounded very deeply. And I want you to know you can't heal yourself. There's a lot of discussion in the world about helping yourself and think the right thoughts and everything's going to get better. But the truth is God made us and he knows how to fix us. You can't just change your state of mind and simply fix your problem. You need to come and humble yourself to the one who knows you, who knows how you work. Because if you're going to be a man or a woman that actually has some life in you, and you can tell when someone has life in them, you can tell by the way they walk, you can tell by the way they talk, because life comes out of them. You can also tell when someone's half dead. You can tell by the way they talk, and you can tell by the way they walk. Now, there's no condemnation in a person that's half dead, but I'd rather they have life. You know what I'm saying? When I see someone walking around like all the time with their head down and their spirit crushed, God looks at that person and he says, I want them restored. And that's what God's saying to you today. You don't have to live like that. That doesn't have to define you. What has happened is some walls have been built so high, it's become your identity. And the enemy has lied to you and said, that's who you are, and you're never going to change. It's just part of your personality. But I want you to know that God made you special. And though he's made us all different, he does intend for all of those differences to exude life. And if life's not present, then we need to open up that area for God to minister healing. The Spirit of the Lord is present to comfort and to set captives free. You see, the captivity sometimes is invisible. You may say, I'm not locked up anywhere. Oh, but you might be. You might be within bars that you aren't even aware of. And what happens is, is when you get to the end of that little zone, you're never free to continue on because that wall stops you. The story is told of a very lively bear who was put in captivity. And that bear so wanted to be free. And rather than kind of settle into his surrounding, all he could focus on was getting free. 
And so for day after day, he walked within his cage from one end to the other, looking to see whether he could get out. And back and forth the bear went, nonstop. Much time passed. And the bear was finally let loose. And the bear, having developed a habit of constantly being within this zone, ended up continuing to walk back and forth, even though the cage was gone. And here's what happens with you and me. We have been set free by the blood of the lamb. The gates, the bars, they've all been removed. But some of us, like that bear, we're still coming to where the gate once was, and we stop and turn around, and we go back. And we're shut up within our little zone because our heart is still broken. And we're not really accessing all that God has for us. I'm not talking about a person who has walked away from God at this moment. I'm not talking about a person who's living in rebellion. I'm not talking about a person who hates God. I'm talking about a person whose heart is shattered. You come to church, you read your Bible, you love Jesus. But when you come to where the cage was, you could go past, but you don't. Because you're still living in captivity. And Jesus wants to heal your heart so that you can truly be free. You know, there are situations I remember growing up. There were some pretty challenging things that I went through. And uh, I remember that certain smells would trigger some very bad memories. Certain sounds would trigger some very bad memories. Maybe some of you have been there. And some of you may have been some, through some terrible stuff. But you know how it is. Certain little things, it'll trigger. And all of a sudden, it's almost like a, a review. And you brought right back to that moment again. What God wants to do is to walk you through so that you will be healed. So that when you get to the end of where that cage once was, that you will walk through that and you'll be able to experience all the freedom that God has for you. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to tell those who mourned that the time of the Lord's favor has come. God's favor is upon you. Did you know God delights in you? Did you know that he enjoys the time he gets to spend with you? He looks forward to these meetings. He looks forward to every time in your prayer closet when you come to meet with him. Because he delights in you. Because his favor is upon you. And to all who mourn in Israel, it goes on to say in verse 3, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. And in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks 
that the Lord has planted for his own glory. These are broken people that God is restoring and he's going to make them great oaks for his glory. These are people that once were caged, that once fear held them bound, that at one time they were very limited in their ability even to communicate with others. But when the spirit of life, the spirit of God is infused, all of a sudden, the DNA of the almighty God affects that person in such a supernatural way that transformation happens. And that person becomes full of life. God wants to infuse life into us so that every day when you wake up, that you will have purpose. It doesn't mean that every day is going to be a day where there are no problems. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, is that you will have something to look forward to. That even when you have troubles, you know you've got the equipment to take care of it. And when you do, you're more ready. And when you're ready, there's a different feeling than when you're not ready. Because some people are living at the edge and they feel like their life is completely sucked out of them. But God wants to infuse you with his life. And that starts in your heart. The scripture tells us that we are to guard our heart above all things because out of it flow the issues of life. The word of God goes on to say that these whom God restores, these whom God sets free, will rebuild the ancient ruins. Verse 4, repair cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. And it goes on to say in verse 7, instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land. And everlasting joy will be yours. God knows every challenge, every problem. He wants you to be useful for his kingdom. But you are not able to be as useful for his kingdom if your heart is continually in a shattered mode. And so he wants to minister to you. You may recall this, that Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days. That was a tough time, no doubt. Knowing what temptations I face, I can only imagine what the enemy threw at the Son of God. But at the end of that, it says the angels came and ministered to him. I've thought about that. I wonder what the angels were doing. Ministering to the son of the living God after 40 days of intense temptation and fasting. And if Jesus needed ministry too, None of us are above needing the ministry of the Lord. It's not shameful at all 
to come before God and say, I need help. It actually is freeing. In fact, the more you do it, the freer you live. In fact, don't wait till you have a problem. Before the problem comes, preempt it. God, I'm going to need your help, so I'm going to ask for it early. As I get up this morning, I depend on you. And so I need your help today, and I'm going to lean on you for it. And the more you do that, the more you tap into the life of God doesn't mean the problems necessarily go away the way that you might like them to. But when you see the joy of the Lord fill your heart, it changes something. The circumstance may not change at all. But when you see a person filled with the joy of the Lord, their perspective is all different. God's bringing me through this. He's going to sustain me. My heart will be restored. Now listen to this. God's word goes on to say, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. For he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I'm like a bridegroom in his wedding suit or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him and his righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. And guess what those plants are? You. You. Oh, I love that about God. He always takes broken things and uses them as trophies for his glory. He fixes it all up, makes it look beautiful from the inside out, not just on the outside alone, from the inside out. He heals broken hearts. And I'm here to tell you today, and I don't know exactly who this message is for, but I know it's for some in this room, and that's why I'm sharing it today. And I want to tell you with the authority of the Word of God, God wants you to know He's here to heal your broken heart if you let Him. You're going to have to open the gate to the wall that you have created if He's going to come in and heal you. He's not going to force Himself in, and it's possible that you can continue on the way you are with no healing. But it's also possible that if you open the gate, he'll come in and he will do what you can't do for yourself. Because if you could heal yourself, you would, wouldn't you? Like, I don't need a doctor. I'll just take care of this myself. All set. Thanks. But with a broken heart, how do you do that? You can't. That's why you got to go to the only one who can fix you. The more you learn to lean on Jesus, the more peace you're going to have. Because you can't get peace anywhere else. I want to turn with you, or I want to I ask you to turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 16. Jesus was about to go. 16, verse 16. Jesus says, in a little while you won't see me anymore, but a little while after that you will see me again. And some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me, and I am going to the Father. 
And what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. Well, Jesus realized that they wanted to ask him about it. So he said, are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said in a little while, you won't see me. But a little while after that, you will see me. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve. But your grief will turn suddenly to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. And when her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and then you will rejoice. And no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you'll ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. Now listen to this. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, you haven't done this before. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive. And you will have abundant joy. I've spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I'll stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I'll ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Here Jesus tells his disciples. Verse 23, look at it. You will ask the Father directly. And he will grant your request because you use my name. When is that going to happen? At that time, he says. When is that time? Jesus would die. And then he would rise again. When he rose again, he had victory over the enemy and over death. And joy would fill the disciples' heart to see them. To see Jesus. The truth is, is that every single one of us go through a period of time of challenge in this world. It won't last forever, friends. There are people who get so distraught that they end up taking their own life because they don't think it's ever going to end. But I'm here to remind you and to tell you, you have access to the one who gives life. He can heal your broken heart. I believe he wants to heal your heart. Whenever God speaks, he always acts. He doesn't just talk. He talks and he does stuff. Good stuff. And particularly what I'm talking about is healing hearts. So I believe he wants to do that this morning. He doesn't just want to tell you five steps on how hearts can be healed. Well, that's nice. But my heart's broken. I'm so glad that God actually steps in and he heals if you let him. This is the key part now. This is your part where you've got to come before the Lord and open your heart and let him in and say, God, would you please, would you please heal my broken heart? Here's what I would like to do for these next moments of the service. I'm going to ask if the worship team could please come on up. King Saul 
he had wandered away from God, even to the point where the Bible says that the Lord sent an evil spirit to torment him. And because he was tormented, he's like, how do I get out of this? And he said, I, I know someone who plays music, and whenever they play music, don't fully understand it, but it's like the whole atmosphere changes. Would, would you like me to give him a call, David, and you want him to come by maybe, help you out? Please do. David shows up. The guy who was going to replace King Saul. And he shows up. And he's playing his harp. And as he begins to play, guess what? The Spirit of the Lord comes. And all of a sudden, Saul feels, even though he's in a wayward state, Saul feels peace. David, whatever you did, do it again. Because I want more of that. Now, the problem with Saul was, he enjoyed the presence, but he wasn't willing to obey. And so whenever David left the scene, the presence of the Lord left the scene. And so Saul would have to call him back every time he wanted the presence of the Lord back. It could have been different. That was Saul's choice. Same for you. The Lord is here. He is here to minister. But whether or not the healing comes to you is partly dependent on whether you're willing to open the door. Say, God, touch me. I want to be one of those oaks that is planted and rooted. You're not going to get any farther than your broken heart. Some of you are stumbling over your broken heart. You're working really hard to move forward. But your heart's not letting you. My neighbor down the street has trouble breathing. Can't do much. He tries. But every time he exerts himself, his body says no, no more. Until that's fixed, he can't mow his own lawn. He can't plow his own driveway or snow blow or shovel or whatever. Because any exertion, he gets out of breath and he can't breathe. So with all of his willpower, he can walk out of his house. I'm going to do this. And his body says, you're not. And this is what's happening with some of you. You're saying, ah, whatever it takes, I'm going to serve God with a broken heart. And all of a sudden, you're stumbling over those limitations. And God says, how about we do this a little differently? How about you let me heal you first? And then you go do what I've called you to do. Pride keeps us from opening that gate. Pride says, I don't need God's help. I can do it myself. You don't have to be an unbeliever to have pride. So don't rule yourself out. Open your heart to the Lord and say, God, is there any area where I'm being stubborn right now? There's brokenness in me, and I need you to heal it. God can do it. And guess what? When he does, you'll be ready to do work for the Lord like you've never done before. Because all of a sudden, your spiritual heart is stronger because it's fixed by the one who can do it. So here's what we're going to do. It's very simple. The worship team's going to sing.
and the presence of the Lord is here to heal. If you need a little bit of a heart exam and allow the Lord to reach in with his hand and to take your heart, to put the pieces all back together again, you're in the right place. It's not going to be a whole lot of hype or anything like that. It's very simple. If you would like the Lord to come on in your little compound, to tear down those walls in only the way he can, and to fix your broken heart, this altar is the operating room. And if you're willing to allow him to operate, I want to invite you to simply allow the Lord to minister as the music is sung and played. In fact, you don't necessarily have to be talking a lot. You can just come and kneel, sit, you can lay down. But I want you to allow the presence of God to work on you. That's all you have to do. That's all I'm asking of you. It's a simple, God, I'm here. Get to work. And then the doctor takes over. All right, if you let me, I'll do it. For each of you, it may be very different, different ways. But this entire altar area, you can find any spot you want. You can bring your Bible. You can just bask in the healing presence of God. That's what we're going to do. The music is going to be sung and played. You can sing along. You don't have to. This is a time that the healer is going to minister to you. And this is an open invitation for every broken heart in this place, no matter what level. Some of you it may be shattered. Others it may just a little crack here or there. But God wants to heal your heart so that you can be used to minister to others. Because so many times, people who are hurting hurt other people. And they don't even realize it. Because it's all they know. But if God heals you, you can be an agent of healing to others because you know what he did for you. All right? So this is an open invitation, worship team, if you would simply lead us this morning. Right now, from this point forward, this is your open invitation for the healer of hearts to minister to you. Make yourself comfortable at this altar wherever you would like and just bask in the presence of a healing God. The invitation is open. I want to assure you today everything you've asked of the Lord he has heard you. Jesus said there is no one who will come to me that I will reject. If you've come with a sincere heart your father in heaven has heard your cry. Now, here's the next steps for you. Be obedient to do whatever he's asked you to do. When you leave the doctor's office, you often leave with some instructions. If you don't follow them, you won't get the desired result. But if you do, 
You will. Stay in tune with the Lord. Now, some of you might have some steps you need to take for healing to take place. There may be someone that you've been avoiding because that person hurt you. And maybe you've cut off all communication with that person. Maybe that person wants to be restored, but they won't have the opportunity because there's no communication lines open. I'm going to ask you this week to pray and to ask God to give you the specific assignment that applies to that part of your broken heart. Just like Naaman was told to do certain things and then his body would be healed in a similar way. God wants to heal your heart just like he wants to heal your body, but he'll also give you very specific instructions. And if there's a phone call you need to make, a letter you need to write, if there's something you need to do, then do it because your healing is pending on it. Real briefly before I dismiss you. At the age of 14, my father passed away. I wasn't present because we had to leave the home for safety reasons. When I heard the news that my dad had passed, I felt weird because I was emotionless. Because on the one hand, all the pain that was caused wouldn't be caused to anybody anymore. On the other hand, I loved my dad. And I did everything I could to please him, even though it seemed impossible. I had rededicated my life to Christ. God sent me back to my home. Just like he did, if you read the story of the person who was demon-possessed, he came to Jesus and said, I want to follow you. Jesus said, no, no, no. Go back to your home. Tell your family and tell those all around where you live about what I did for you. And that's what God told me. Went back to my home. I was upstairs in my attic and all the pain of all that had happened. My father was not even around. God spoke to me and said, I want you to forgive your father for what he did. So I wrote a letter of all the things my dad did. I said, Dad, I want you to know you really hurt me when you did that. It shattered my heart. And I tried so hard to please you. I felt like I never could. In that attic room in Elkton, Maryland, I sat in that room and I put an empty chair, pretending that my father was present. Because if he were, and he wasn't, but if he were, it's what I would have said to him. And I read the letter to him. And then I said these words, but dad, in spite of all the pain, right here and now, I forgive you for all of it. Because the pain that I have caused my heavenly father, he's forgiven me for all. And when I took that step of obedience, something broke. A chain was broken. Those gates that were keeping me in were gone. Not only was something broken, but something was healed. Because now I can talk about that situation, and it doesn't bring up the same emotions it used to. 
not because I don't care. Because God is here. God heals broken hearts when we allow it. It's not all on God. It's partly on you. So this is your assignment. Whatever God tells you to do, do it. And the Lord will minister healing not only to you, but to your spouse, to your kids, to those you work with. He'll use you to minister healing to others. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each 